Welcome to the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Here we're taking a look at some of Pastor Nate's articles from NateHoldridge.com and simply having some more conversations about them. Today, we're looking at the first article in a three-part series entitled Singleness and the Christian Life. Let's get into it. It is important to remember that your marital status is not your identity. As a believer, you will be married or unmarried for a little while, but you will be in Christ forever. Jesus indicated that our eternal state will not include marriage. This helps us emphasize this point, you are in Christ forever. Are you young and single? Be the man or the woman God has called you to be. No, this isn't an extension of your childhood. These are your grown years where you can make a difference in God's kingdom. To be unmarried makes you no less a man or a woman. Embrace this calling. Being in Him is your truest identity, your strongest position. To be married or single does not define you. Christ does. Singleness in the Christian, part one of three. Okay, Nate, so today... We're actually speaking on the day after your third installment of the Singleness in the Christian series. Right, right. Which is great. Now we can just open it up. We're going to try to focus in on the first article today. But um, for anybody who's listening now, you can go to nateholders.com, check out all three, kind of get a heads up on the future conversations we have about this. But today, we're talking about the first article, Introductory Thoughts to Singleness and the Christian what a beautiful article talking about just what God's intention for singleness is. And even, you know, with this, Nate, you talk a lot about marriage and kind of the difference between singleness and marriage a bit, what scripture says to singles, to married couples. Maybe we could just kind of start out with just some of that. What, what does the Bible say about singleness and marriage? Yeah, well, the Bible says a lot. That's why I wrote three <laughs> massive posts about it. You know, I hope people are able to take the time and, you know, be edified by them. But, right. you know, um, as I just kind of have hung out with our church and watched our, you know, church family kind of grow and develop, you know, I just noticed that we have a lot of people in the church who are not married, you know, yeah, they're single. True. And I think that's a... Uh, reflection of the culture, you know, that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are unmarried, whether they're divorced uh, or widowed or have never been married. And some don't even plan on being married. And so I wanted to, you know, talk about that, you know, in these posts and try to encourage that portion uh, of our church, as well as, you know, I really wanted to encourage uh, the married portion of our church to have understanding for an appreciation for the unmarried portion that's of so the church. good yeah because it, it sometimes I think in the church there can be you know obviously we have to do a lot of teaching and training about marriage because I mean frankly tons of pastoral work and counseling is spent uh, on marriages that are unhealthy yeah absolutely. so you know because of that it's like we need to teach about the marriage we need to teach about the family uh, but you know, not everybody has that calling on their lives. Uh, obviously, uh, most people will, you know, if you look mm -hmm. at it statistically, but a lot of people won't. And so I just wanted to, 
you know, affirm that kind of part of our church family mm. and give them some direction, some encouragement, some uh, a grid to operate by during that time. Because, you know, everybody's going to be single at right. least for a season in their lives. Yeah. And you want to use it for God's glory and Absolutely. for God's honor. So that that was kind of the motivation in my heart and, you know, talking to people you know, about these things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, singleness, <clears throat> I, I, as I wrote, you know, one of the things I think to remember is that, you know, a lot of subjects in the Bible, um, they, the whole counsel of God's word really does speak to those subjects, Yeah. you know, so the concept to trust God, for instance, you know, that we find all throughout scripture is not a concept that is, you know, we have to strip it from our singleness. You know, in other mm-hmm. words, we should be able to say, well, what does the Bible say about singleness? It doesn't necessarily mean we have to find verses specifically about singleness. We right. could say, well, in my situation, the Bible talks about trusting God. And in mm-hmm. my situation, that includes um, the fact that I'm unmarried. It includes my singleness. And how do I need to trust God as I'm in that single state? So, you know, I think in a lot of in a lot of subjects like that, you know, parenting, singleness, even marriage, um, the Bible says a lot more than maybe we think it says. Yeah. Uh, because we're looking for the verses that are very specific, subspecific about that subject. When you know, bigger principles like grace or forgiveness or trust in God or the lordship of Christ, you know, these concepts have a lot to do with all of those areas of life, singleness, marriage, friendship, you know, all of that. So really it's kind of like, well, the Bible says a lot about singleness and a lot about marriage, you know, if once you look at it in that kind of way. Yeah, that's a cool way of viewing it too, is that there's not made just like a book about being single, but we have a lot of examples in scripture of what it looks like to be single and different, like you said, just principles for the person who's living that single life or that married life too, for that matter. But there's a lot of things that scripture speaks into a person who is living that single life, living a life of purity, holiness, um, love for each other. So that is really special and unique. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you alluded to, you know, the Bible, obviously, like the Bible's going to encourage married and unmarried people towards sexual purity. You know, that's not like a, you know, hey, the sexual purity message is exclusively for people that are unmarried. You know, it's for everybody, whatever your marital status. And, you know, it's sexual impurity is damaging for everyone across the board, but it's an absolute nightmare inside of marriage. So in one sense, you know, I mean, obviously it applies evenly to everyone, but you can see the urgency of why sexual purity needs to be taught to people who are married also. Hmm. So, but there can be a tendency sometimes when we think about the sub- subject of singleness, like what does the Bible say about it? And there can be like a reductionist kind of view of like, <laughs> well, don't have yeah. sex. You yeah. know, that's what the Bible says about it. And, you know, our uh, sexual purity and abstaining from exercising our sexual desires until a covenantal heterosexual marriage happens is right and true and good and, you know, must be taught by the church and demonstrated and explained 
and we want to show people the why of that mm-hmm. and the how of that and, and everything. But, you know, the Bible says more about singleness than just wait to have right. sex. That's a massive and very important message, but it says so much more than that. And I, that's probably a little bit too part of why, where I was coming from, you know, just thinking about the church here. I mean, you're here like in, at Calvary Monterey, you know, and you're watching how many people in our church are just very effective for the Lord and giving a lot of their time and their talents to the kingdom of God, probably in a way that honestly, like once they get married and start having children, they're going to have to shift their focus a little bit and they won't be able to use their gifts in the same exact way that they're using them now. And we're very thankful, you know, for the single portion of our church that has really thrown Mm -hmm. themselves into the body of Christ. Yeah, for sure. I I am personally so thankful for the ministry of single men in the in the church that's a big big portion of our church that really helped raise me up in my faith i'm so thankful for that with that kind of said nate what do you think is um like why do you think it's important to even just kind of single out singleness or, or to talk specifically about singleness in the church well i mean i think we've been talking about that you know just because there's so many people who are single mm-hmm. and you know in the new testament obviously two of the major players you know jesus i mean jesus would never want or paul <laughs> would never want to be put in the same camp with jesus yeah but you know jesus obviously the main player throughout all of scripture but then paul you know as a very distant second yeah but those two guys you know obviously lived the single life and so i think in a sense um, not that our most effective ministry is always going to be done by people who are unmarried. Not that marriage, you know, slows you down in ministry or, or kind of disables you in ministry or something like that. Um, but the mission of God is at stake. I mm-hmm. think that's what's important. The mission of God is at stake. And when when people who are naming the name of Christ as singles don't take their singleness seriously and you know they don't submit to the Lord uh, what what ends up happening is they you know kind of just maybe live sexually however they're feeling like they'd like to live or whatever when that kind of attitude happens or they're spending their time you know completely and exclusively building their career or their own kingdom and they're never right. focused on the kingdom of God it just weakens the church whether it's through sin or lack of focus it just weakens the body of Christ so I think in a sense it's like well why is it important to talk about singleness in the church? Well, it seems important because eternity weighs in the balance and mm, the kingdom yeah. of God is, you know, on the move and we're a part of that work. And um, so if singles, you know, will take that seriously, uh, then, you know, we can be more effective. It's the same reason why it's important to talk about marriage and family totally. in the church because, you know, when a marriage is sick or when the when the family nucleus is like broken down and, and dysfunctional and there's like hurt and sin that's happening there, mm-hmm. damaging people rather than helping and raising people up, uh, then, of course, like the mission of God is slowed down and the kingdom of God is, is not advancing at the rate that it could potentially if people were healthy and strong. So it's the same reason why you talk about marriage and family is, is why you want to talk about singleness, I think. And that totally makes sense. I love that. Even kind of thinking about that a little bit, like I'm just thinking about you and I know you're a married guy right now. You have some kids, 
But you, you, I'm a married guy. I'm not a married guy right now. I <laughs> am a married guy. <laughs> you are currently and will be a married man. <laughs> Let's get that on it the record. Permanent. <laughs> The rings on the finger, the commitment <laughs> has been made. But I remember, I mean, when I was single, like you used to talk to me a lot about being a single man and being a man who's effective and disciplined, lives a life that is sanctified to the Lord. And um, I remember you kind of like encouraging me with your own life when you were single, hmm. kind of telling me how you used to live a bit, the things you thought about. But maybe for our listeners, for just a moment, could you kind of just maybe give just like a brief history of, um, you know, just that time when you were single and maybe specifically like what did ministry look like for you? Because I know you were you were trying to make a lot of the use of your time when you were single in ministry. Yeah, one of my, I mean, frankly, one of my greatest regrets in my life um is that before I came to Christ and before I, I mean, I, I knew the Lord, I knew of the Lord, but he really was not the Lord of my life at all. So one of the biggest regrets I have is giving myself to sexual promiscuity during that season of my life. And, you know, that in a certain kind of way sticks with you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hangs with you. So when I started walking with the Lord, you know, I was 18 years old and it took me a while to kind of extricate myself from some of those relationships that were um, harming me and and that I was bringing harm to as well. But, you know, once I started, you know, kind of coming out of that life and and walking with the Lord, you know, he was very faithful to, you know, cleanse and forgive and redeem and give grace. Uh, But, you know, once I kind of, you know, finished with some like education years and started into uh, ministry. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, it was like the amount of hours that I was able to put into the church, they were just kind of like nutty hours, you know, (laughs) it's just just like more on the insanity, you know, kind of level. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, and I don't think every single person needs to operate this way. I was certainly very immersed in the church world and ministry, but I think I was giving like six nights a week to the church, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, in a sense, part of that was because, well, it's not only is it like a ministry outlet, but it's also my growth outlet where I'm growing in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then not only is it my growth outlet, but it's my social outlet and network, you know? So it was a, it was a total joy, you know, to do it. It wasn't like I was teaching, you know, a two hour Bible study six days a week or anything like that. You know, a lot of times it's just being with people, you know, spending time with them, sometimes building them up, sometimes building each other up. So, you know, I think probably one of the greatest, um, things I'm thankful for as I look back is I'm very, very thankful that when I met Christina, whom I eventually married, I'm just so thankful that she knew me exclusively in that uh, context. You know, she'd seen me working hard for Jesus. Mm. And so she knew like, this is the kind of life that this man is, you know, called to. And now, you know, I have three daughters and we've been married for almost 15 years now. And, you know, I'm not doing the six nights a week right. thing. It's but, I, you know, when I, when, the, when I get on the plane and I go fly to do something when, you know, the phone rings and we need to, you know, 
take care of some kind of pastoral emergency when you know the hours are long it's like she's prepared for that and she's all about it you know because that was part of what attracted her in the first place like oh man like this guy that's a value system that i share you know so if you try to like introduce that value system later it's not impossible but it's harder and you know both people have to like come to that place where they value it Mm. and so sometimes you'll have people that you know get married and then after marriage say like now i'm going to really take the lord seriously and their spouse is kind of looking at them like well you didn't take the lord seriously before and i was attracted to you then i don't know how i feel about this whole like jesus thing and ministry thing and uh, really throwing yourself into the body of Christ thing. And so that's, you know, I, that's one of the things I'm most thankful for is yeah. that, you know, she kind of was able to see me, you know, during that time. And it's been really helpful for us. That's cool. So your singleness at that time kind of almost proved as like a like a foundation a bit for her trust in you. Yeah. And I think like you and me, when we're, um, or you and I, when we are, uh, you know, encouraging people and trying to you know help them as they're like processing you know like should i you know pursue this person mm-hmm. you know is this someone the lord wants me to be with you know that kind of thing i think you, you and i were always encouraging people hey you what they are now is an indicator of what they're going to be oh, in yeah, the future totally so if they're like cutting corners and they're you know cheating and uh they are lazy like don't think to yourself that that is going to change from from a wedding ceremony. Right. That's not the case. You know what your your past performance is the greatest indicator or predictor of your future performance. Absolutely. So you know, not that God's grace can't like change somebody and transform somebody. I mean, certainly, like if you look at all of my past performance, you know, it's great that the <laughs> Lord has like broken the chain and set yeah, me amen. free and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, you know, I think it's naive to just say what well, what what they're doing now doesn't matter. So that's part of the reason why you want to really urge people, like, hey, in your single years, if it indeed it is only a season in your life and not a permanent fixture of your life, right? Um, and even if it is a permanent fixture of your life, you want to use that singleness as a weapon. You want to be God's weapon. Um, that he can use, you know, here on earth. So give yourself completely to him. Heck yeah. That's awesome. That reminds me, you just kind of speaking into that, remind me kind of towards the end of that article you wrote when you talk about um, how your singleness just isn't for you. Like there's a huge part of it that is just for the people in your life to be ministering to them, throwing yourself in community and trying to be a blessing for others for the sake of the kingdom of God. With that kind of said, you know, I'm sure a lot of you listening aren't people who are going to be pastors. Maybe, maybe there's a group of you who will be pastors or serving in your local church, maybe like on staff at a church or something like that. Maybe you're here at Calvary, you're in a life group or you're a life group leader or something like that. But Nate, for, for the person who's listening who maybe isn't in a leadership role, isn't kind of like where you were at um, as a single man, just kind of throwing themselves in that, in that kind of way, what are some kind of practical things that somebody, maybe somebody who's like in high school or somebody who's just trying to figure out like their faith a bit, what are some practical things as a single person they can do to maybe make a difference for the kingdom or get involved here at their church? 
What does that kind of look like? The Christian life is just so much about taking full advantage of the opportunities that Jesus gives to you. You know, he's the one that opens doors. He's the one that gives opportunities. He's the one who talked about, you know, things like the one who gets a few talents and invests well and develops those talents. More talents are given to them. So the Lord is looking for faithfulness to whatever mm-hmm. level of opportunity and responsibility he's given to you. So like <clears throat> if your church has a small group ministry, for instance, like ours does, and you get signed up for that and you make a commitment to that group, well, there's a faithful way to engage with that. And then there's a very unfaithful way to engage with that. You know, So a faithful man or a faithful woman would say like, these are my people. I'm going to do everything I can for them. I'm going to be there at, you know, at all costs, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can within reason to make sure that I'm able to be present. I'm going to keep my commitments to these people. I'm going to, you know, if they're giving me like homework or reading to do, like I'm going to do that, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to show up prepared and ready. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I, the opportunity is given to help serve children or something like that, you know, I'm going to take full op- advantage of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prepare, you know, for the teaching. I'm going to be ready to uh, communicate to the kids. Like I'm not going to show up just right on time or a little bit late. I'm going to get there early. You know, the Lord looks at and sees that kind of faithfulness. And all you can do is just say, there's opportunities in front of me. I'm going to be as faithful as I possibly can with these opportunities. And then just watch because the Lord, he's the one who opens those doors. So he'll open up doors, Mm -hmm. you know, in your life. So, you know, it's going to be unique for, for everyone, but faithfulness. So, you know, if you're in those single years, it's like, like I, I, there's uh, some people who, you know, at our Sunday night service at Calvary, you know, we designed that where it's it's the same church service as the morning time. And part of the reason that we do that, at least right now, is because we wanted to provide people an opportunity to make sure that they honored God with yeah. their weekend, you know. So if they were traveling or something like that, and then they got back in town, we wanted them to be able to come on Sunday night and, you know, utilize that time. And, you know, not a lot of people have honestly really, like, used it in that way (laughs) yeah it's more just been people who that's the service they like they make the sunday night service their Mm -hmm. home but i'm thinking of a couple of uh, single people who um even when they were traveling and even when they had like you know as single people often do you know like big like group like camping trips oh yeah adventures over the weekend they made every effort to get back to Monterey and back to, you know, the church building by Sunday night because they didn't mm-hmm. want to miss church. And, you know, I saw that, you know, one of those guys, um, as I've watched that faithfulness, I've actually invited him into more like leadership roles and mm-hmm. opportunities. And part of that is just because he did not look at Sunday and his involvement in like a very minor role serving at that service. But just even attending and like being a part of it, it was not something that he took lightly. Yeah. You know, he knew like he he eventually was gonna lead a life group and stuff and led a life group. And so for him, it's like, man, I 
I want to be there. I want to see this teaching, hear this teaching, because we're going to discuss this in the group. And yeah, you know, I could listen to the recording, but I'm trying to be an example, you know, to the people that are in my group. And that kind of like sobriety and seriousness yeah. about your life and what you're doing and your priorities, that it speaks volumes. I mean, there's 52 Sundays a year. If you make it to 22 church services out of a year, that says something mm-hmm. about your priorities. There's no law that says, you know, you've got to make it to every Sunday, you know, service or something like that. It just says something about your value system is all yeah. I'm saying. So you really want to have a value system where you just you you look at the opportunities God gives you and you just run full force towards those things. Yeah, that that's a really great point that you brought up too because I think that what's so important to see sometimes is that, and I think you actually mentioned it in this singleness article, is that oftentimes we look at leaders and say, oh, or we uh, oftentimes associate leadership with marriage or that you can only make an impact or understand relationships even sometimes, I think, if if you're married. But that's just not the case. You can be such a faithful servant, such a huge part of the community, such a blessing to the people in your life, in your singleness, by being faithful, by being that sober person who cares and has those conversations and loves the people around them. So I think that's just so important to hold out. And obviously, in the next two articles that we discuss, we get into this even a little bit more. <laughs> did we discuss the article today? We, <laughs> we we did a bit. We did a bit. We we talked. I love these. We're just I know talking about we're other just, things related to. I love it. We're just rolling with it. But we're gonna be talking more about singleness, what that looks like in a Christian's life, what Scripture says about it, and everything. But Nate, we're out of time for right now. Do you have anything just kind of? last minute things you want to encourage people with or anything that you want to share with them before we head out yeah i just want to encourage you as you're listening you know your marital status is not who you are and if you're in christ you're going to be in christ forever and you know you're going to be in god's heaven enjoying the lord Mm -hmm. you were single for a season you're now married for a season but when we're glorified and we're in the presence of the Lord, uh, that marital distinction is not going to be in any way, shape, or form what defines us. So just remember that, you know, remember that you are primarily a being that is in Christ Jesus, purchased by the blood of Jesus. And, you know, live your life accordingly. Give yourself completely to him and, you know, receive his grace in the moments that you don't. But let's be all about it. And so that's my, that's my last encouragement. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. See you guys next time. Thanks for joining us in this conversation about singleness and the Christian life. Be sure to head over to nateholdridge.com to find the full article and get some more info about this conversation. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for Pastor Nate's weekly newsletter. Other than that, please check in weekly. We're going to have new episodes here shortly. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.